Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Sleep Tight Stories on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you have a moment, please consider leaving a review. Your review might help introduce others to our podcast. Thank you. We are continuing with Cat City today. Remember in the last episode, Tucker was trying to make his way to where Susan was being kept, but ran into Harold and his friends. Vinny showed up and was happy to help. Vinny and Tucker talked about what to do next when someone else joined them. Susan heard a noise at her door and decided to try and get a jump on whoever was coming in. It turned out to be Vinny and Tucker. They rescued her. She told them what she had heard, and they came up with a plan. In these chapters, Susan is upset and very unhappy with Kai. Tucker is being held by some rats, and Kai is not very happy with either Susan or Tucker. Tucker and Kai have an argument about what is going on, and then the rats take Tucker and Susan away. Tucker and Susan hear water and realize that maybe where they are being taken is not a good place. Let's see what happens. Cat City, Chapter 14 and 15. The pink light flashed into existence again, but this time, Susan didn't really need it. The illumination from the eyes surrounding her lit up the passage with a glow. She spotted Tucker almost immediately and realized why he hadn't warned her. He was pinned under a dozen rats, one holding very tightly to his muzzle to keep him quiet. Tucker struggled, but there were too many rats holding him down. Susan looked up at Kai, his glowing pink light bobbing by one large ear. He stared down at her with his huge eyes calm and almost relaxed. You have caused me no end of trouble, Susan, Kai said. In fact, if it weren't for you, the plan would have worked out perfectly. Traitor! Tucker managed to free his muzzle and howled at Kai. I trusted you! Kai's tail twitched as he looked at Tucker. I had such hopes for you, Kai said. Likewise, Tucker said bitterly. Guess we're both disappointed. Indeed, Kai murmured, but perhaps if you understood my reasoning, you would see things differently. I wouldn't bother, Kai. Julian laughed as he came into the light. He smirked at Tucker, upper lip raised to reveal his sharp teeth. You've wasted enough time and effort on this half-breed. Kai didn't say anything 
but Susan wondered at the long stare he gave Julian. Instead, she found the strength to speak up. What are you going to do with us? Kai looked at her, the pink light above him giving his golden eyes a strange cast. I'm afraid your journey ends here, my dear, Kai told her in a soft voice. As soon as Julian reaches the gate, the rats will attack from both the front and from this hidden passage. My fellow cats will be taken completely by surprise and will be surrounded within minutes. I am hoping, he bowed his head once, the cats will surrender quietly. Susan shook her head. Did he actually sound remorseful? If you're so worried about them, she said, why betray them? Kai looked up at her again, a fire in his eyes she hadn't seen before, a fire similar to the light in the eyes of the rats surrounding them. Power, of course, he said. The Rat King has made me an offer I cannot refuse. Julian chuckled while Tucker stilled. What offer? Tucker looked back and forth. He plans to make me... Cat King, Kai said. The rats squeaked and chattered around them, making Susan's skin crawl. He'll just betray you too, don't you see that? Tucker said. He wants Cat City for himself. He's part of the reason we moved the city in the first place. Kai stood up and stretched, fire fading from his eyes as he returned to his normal calm. I wish things could have been different, Tucker, Kai said. Now I have no choice. Julian, he turned to his fellow traitor, set the plan in motion. We will attack within the half hour. Julian nodded and bounded off with a parting slap at Tucker on the way by. Tucker began to struggle again, harder this time, but the rats had larger numbers, and soon he was panting from the effort. Enough, Kai said. We must prepare, and these two are in the way. Take them and deal with them as we discussed. One of the rats nodded and squeaked at his mates. They lifted Tucker and started to carry him off. Susan, certain they planned to hurt both her friend and herself, had every intention of fighting back. Kai must have known it. I would go with them like a good girl, he said. If you give them any trouble, they have orders to deal with Tucker immediately. Susan's heart stilled. She nodded once to Kai. Fine, she said. I'll go. She got up and brushed herself off before looking down at Kai one last time. Susan turned and walked away, knowing she would have no luck trying to convince the counselor. No matter what, he would go through with his mad plan, and the cats he shared his home with 
were of little consequence. She went meekly, trusting the rats would do exactly as Kai warned and not wanting Tucker to get hurt because she did something wrong. She clung to the hope of Vinny, knowing he was already raising the alarm and keeping her fingers crossed he would save the city in time. Susan caught up with Tucker after a few moments. Are you okay? He was no longer restrained, but was surrounded by rats. One even sat on his back, pulling his ears. Tucker, however, ignored it, head down, tail dragging. When he didn't answer, she let him be, knowing he must be blaming himself for what was happening, but unable to come up with a way to help. They walked only a short distance when Susan began to hear water. The slow, heavy sounds of fat drops hitting a lake or pond echoed toward them, quickly getting louder. She strained to see ahead, but the glow of the rat's eyes only carried so far. And then they were out of the passage and into a large open space that felt like it went on forever. Susan could hear the water and when the rats turned, could see the edge of a lapping lake as the water rippled in waves toward the stone shore. Had she not been in so much trouble, she would have thought it was cool. Instead, she started to be afraid and was pretty sure she knew how the rats planned for her and Tucker to spend their last moments. Tucker! Susan said, feeling desperate as she and her friend were surrounded and slowly forced backward towards the water. I'm sorry, Susan, he said sadly. I never meant for this to happen. I just wanted to keep you safe. We have to fight. She looked down at him and saw the complete despair and sadness in his eyes. I love you, Susan. Tucker said. She felt the water splash against the back of her boots as she was forced further by the advancing rats. I love you too, she said. Together, they stepped back into the water. As soon as the water closed over her boots, Susan felt the undertow. She took one further step and slipped on a rock. Her feet flew out from under her and she fell back into the lake. She went under the water and felt herself being pulled by a strong current. In over her head almost immediately as the bottom dropped out from under her. She clawed her way to the surface and caught a glimpse of a patch of glowing eyes already a distance from her before going under again. Susan kicked off her rubber boots, knowing they would pull her deeper. At the same time, she shed her raincoat. She was suddenly very thankful for the swimming lessons Mom forced her to take 
and the years of playing in the cold North Atlantic. The water was cold, but not icy, and only took her a minute to get used to. Now on the surface and able to maneuver, Susan began to look frantically around for Tucker. She started to panic as she realized she couldn't see him anywhere. It was only by sheer luck her hand brushed against soft fur. She locked her fingers around his tail and pulled him to her. Poor Tucker gasped water, and she was certain he would have drowned if she hadn't found him when she did. Susan, he choked, I can't swim. She got a hold of him as best she could with the strong current buffeting her and lifted his front paws to her shoulder. He dug in his claws so hard she had to bite her lip to keep from crying out. But he managed to pull himself onto her back and cling on for dear life as she tried to figure out what to do. There was little light in the river passage, but Susan knew Tucker could see better than her. How close are we to the side? Close, he said. I could almost touch it. Is there a beach or a ledge? Her teeth chattered a little. That worried her. She was already losing body heat. It wouldn't be long before she started to feel tired. They had to get out of the water. No, Tucker said, just rock. Wait. He looked up ahead of them. Do you hear that? Susan couldn't hear anything above the rushing of the current. What is it? A roaring sound, Tucker said softly. Susan, I think I know where we are. His voice was panicked. What is it? Susan repeated. Tucker! We have to get out of here, he told her. We're heading right for the waterfall. As he said the word, Susan suddenly heard the roaring, rushing sound of water cascading over the edge of the river. How far? I don't know, he said, desperation in his whole body. His claws dug in deeper. Close. Is there a beach before it? Susan asked. Yes, and a lot of rocks. Tell me when you see one, she said. I'll try to grab it and you can climb out. I'm not leaving you. Tucker had to shout now to be heard over the roar of the water. I'll be okay, Susan yelled back. You need to get help. Tucker didn't answer. Susan felt something hard brush against her leg. I felt a rock, she said. We must be really close. And then the passage opened up, and Susan could see more clearly, and wished for a moment she couldn't. The cavern the water rushed into was huge and full of rocks. The water crashed over them, turning white and frothy. She was suddenly very afraid. One wrong move and they would slam into a rock. Hang on, Susan yelled as a large rock loomed. She kicked as hard as she could out of the way and made it just in time. 
she continued to kick her way on an angle toward the shore. All the while, the edge of the falls got closer and closer. Susan was getting very tired, but refused to quit. It wasn't just her life she was responsible for. She had to save Tucker. Susan was close, so close to the shore when she heard someone shout her name. She looked about wildly, and concentration gone, lost her momentum, and collided full on with a large rock. She felt the smooth stone hit her in the chest and almost passed out. Luckily, she wasn't hurt, just winded, and got a grip on the stone. She felt Tucker's weight leave her and looked up to see him perched on the rock, looking down at her. She felt relief flood her that her friend was safe. Tucker, however, wasn't so relieved. Susan, he yelled, hang on. Her grip slipped. The rock was smooth, battered by who knew how much water, the edges long since worn away. She struggled to hold on, but she was so tired. She felt claws hook into her shirt and looked up. Tucker had one paw on her shoulder. Don't let go he said. Susan nodded, too tired even to talk. The water continued to push against her, shoving her sideways across the surface of the rock. She looked up at Tucker again just as her grip let go and did the most unselfish thing she had ever done in her whole life. With the last bit of her strength, Susan pulled his paw free of her shirt and let the water take her. And that's the end of this chapter. Susan will be back, wet but okay, in our next chapter. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs>